0: Well, I wanna welcome you today to the Hills Church at home. Hey, even if you're playing catch up or you're listening to our podcast, we're so glad you're a part today and I would so encourage you to go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, download the message notes. In fact, there's so many verses today that we just won't have time to go through, but it's so important that you get an opportunity to read these about the topic and title that we're going to study today. Hey, and you can also download our kids activity sheet as well. The title today is The Coming Antichrist. The Coming Antichrist. You know, I think when many of us hear the word antichrist, our antennas go up, we wanna listen, we wanna hear about it, there's something about hearing about the Antichrist that kind of alerts us, it interests us, it fascinates us. But let me mention this, and this is probably the most difficult part of even today's message. We do not uh, exalt the Antichrist, Satan's work himself at all. We exalt Jesus Christ. We'll see it at the end. He alone is the head of the church, He alone is in control of all things. All things are playing out on His timeline, the Father's timeline. In fact, when we read all of this today, we don't know the time or the date when it's all gonna take place, but here's what we know. It will happen. It will happen uh, at the beginning when the Father says so, and all of these things will come into alignment just as He said. Now, um, I wanna look at a verse in just a minute and and I wanted to mention this, what's great about the book of Revelation. It reminds me of when, if you're going to watch a movie or let's say you're gonna watch a a new TV series and somebody has posted an article uh, or a review and yet many times in large, bold, underlined letters, it'll say spoiler alert. The spoiler alert, though many times when we see that, it's tempting to read on to find out the information uh, that's actually gonna take place about that movie or show. The spoiler alert is to stop you so that you don't know what's going to happen so that when you watch that movie or you watch that show, it's the very first time. You know what's great about our Father God? He's given us the events that are all gonna happen. In fact, we're gonna know about it for eternity because it has been written for us in his word. Details. Now, John's descriptions might seem odd a little bit, but remember, he was receiving these from Jesus, marking these things down, trying to communicate what he saw. But here's what I know, and here's the spoiler alert. All of these things will take place just like the Father has said, but we're uh, alert and awake. To what he says. Now, we brought this verse up uh, at the beginning of when we started this study, and we used it in trying to talk about the, the rapture of the church where Jesus comes back, he's in the clouds, the dead in Christ rise first, and the Christians that are on earth meet him in the clouds. There's an interesting ver- uh, chapter, in fact, in 2 Thessalonians, because the Apostle, the Apostle Paul is going to write to the church of Thessalonica. Many thought Jesus came. Many thought they were in the tribulation, that the Antichrist was coming on the scene. Paul wanted to clarify that, but he uses this one verse. Now, let me mention this uh, first. The This is out of the New King James translation, but I, I have changed the last two he's, to the correct translation, which is lowercase. I'll explain that in a minute. We talked about that when we kicked off this series. Notice what it says. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 6 through 7. And now you know what is restraining, that he, this is talking about the Antichrist, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. There's the two he's that I mentioned. In fact, if you have a new King James Bible, it's capitalized. Most of the translations, it's lowercase. Uh, It should be a lowercase translation. doesn't mean the Bible had error because when you look up that Greek word, it's talking about something, not uh, the Holy Spirit, not God the Father, not Jesus himself. But notice what it says. It mentions that he may reveal in his own time, but something is restraining the Antichrist coming on the scene. And the end of that verse says, only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Well, let's ask the questions. Who is restraining? What is holding back? Is God Holding everything back for the Antichrist to come on? Is the Holy Spirit holding everything back for the Antichrist? Who is gonna be taken out of the way? You know, many uh, many people believe that it's the Holy Spirit that is taken from earth. And when the Holy Spirit is taken from earth, the Antichrist can come on the scene. But who operates? Here's the question: Who operates in the power of the Holy Spirit? It's the church, it's the Christians, it's the believers. In fact, we know this one thing. The church started in Acts chapter two when all of them were in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in tongues. The church started, Peter preached, 3,000 were saved. People were then began to be healed. And so it's when the Holy Spirit came not only upon them, but to indwell in them. So I believe this with all of my heart that it is the church that is restraining the antichrist coming on the scene and it's when the church is raptured that that the that, that is the moment that the antichrist come on the scene but but here's what we here's what we know the holy spirit doesn't leave the earth we know that um, many are saved during the tribulation. We read in Revelation, there's signs and wonders that are done, the two witnesses come. We know they come from heaven. They're empowered with the Holy Spirit. They perform signs and wonders and miracles. All of those, the power is attributed to the Holy Spirit. There's not a time in the Bible that it looks like the Holy Spirit is ever removed. But that uh, at gives us a question. What happens when the power goes out? Happened to us on Thanksgiving. And uh, man, I'm so glad that my my wife, because we had people coming over, put all of our, most of our Thanksgiving meal in the oven early. That way, when the power went out, the gas oven still lit. The problem was my barbecue is electric and the power was out for a good four hours or so. When the power goes out, it was starting to get dark. You start lighting candles. You start trying to find flashlights. You start thinking, I should have bought a generator that I could have you know, fired up my, my uh, electric uh, barbecue. But when the power goes out, things get dark. We start to scramble. And that's exactly what's gonna happen. In fact, the apostle Paul goes on and he says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse eight through nine, and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power signs and lying wonders. So here's, as I mentioned, I believe the church is removed. That makes way for the Antichrist to come on the scene. The church is that power of God operating even here and now on planet Earth. You know, uh, it's amazing we read in Revelation 13, John speaks about the dragon, Satan. He speaks about the beast, the Antichrist. Who knows if back in Bible times there were ever stories of dragons like we hear today and we see depicted in movies and yet this dragon was referred to as Satan and this beast as the Antichrist. Well, let's get into this then and a couple of things that we know. The Antichrist is the son of Satan. And I want to put a, first, a few verses up here for you to read a little bit later. Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 1 one through 10 talks about the, the king uh, of Sidon, Tyre. But then it also goes into the description of Satan. In fact, we'll probably comment on that again next week. And then you can also read about Satan, Isaiah chapter 14. But the depiction of, of Lucifer is more clear in Ezekiel 28, 11 through 19 and Isaiah 14. In fact, Ezekiel twenty-eight thirteen gives us this description. The workmanship of your trembles and pipes was prepared for you on the day that you were created. You know, when we read that verse, um, it really gives us some insight that uh, Satan, who was Lucifer, was skilled in not only creating and making instruments, but probably worship music or music itself. But Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 17 says this, your heart was lifted because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Now, one of the things that we read uh, in, in this scripture is it's depicted that Lucifer was beautiful, but he was corrupted by the wisdom when he began to, uh, for the sake of his splendor. You know what's interesting when we think of our day today? You know, there's a a new term that came out several years ago uh, that depicted people and they called them influencers, social media influencers. But here's primarily what they do. They use their image to sell products. And their image is almost a trademark, a logo in itself. Their image sells products. People make money posting or depicting something, whether it's a clothing line they wear, a place that they go, uh, an, an item, whether it's you know makeup, cologne, whatever it could be. Posting that gives them money, but their image sells the product. It's interesting that Lucifer was mentioned as beautiful. Yet one of the things that that we know what corrupted Lucifer was this self-pride. In fact, this really represents the beginning of sin, even though we know sin entered into Adam and Eve in the garden. Sin really started with Lucifer before the fall of Adam and Eve. He chose to rebel against the creator. you know, uh, Which brings a lot of different theological things to think through about that he had the ability to choose, but he chose to go against the creator. He chose self image. He chose to exalt himself. And yet the reason that I wanna bring that out, in fact, I love what Jesus says, Jesus says in Luke 10, 18, I saw Satan fall like lightning. You know, he was kicked out of heaven, cast out with a third of the angels. And Jesus refers to that. I saw him fall like lightning. Now, this is all important to remember because as we'll notice at the end that God sent his only son to redeem this earth. Satan is going to be in this one, which is almost like his son to corrupt the earth. You know, Satan knows scripture. He knows the Bible. He quoted scripture to Jesus himself. He knows how it's all going to play. In fact, I always believe this. Satan wants the church to be removed ASAP even now so that he can begin his work because he knows his time is short. He knows that. His eternal destiny is in the lake of fire with the Antichrist. And so there's not anybody else that would rather the church to be removed than Satan himself to unravel uh, what he thinks is his plan. We know this now. We know that when the church is removed, we know that just as the Antichrist is going to come on the scene, that the tribulation is seven years long. So we've already, we've already thrown out that the Antichrist is uh, the son of Satan. The Antichrist will blaspheme God. There is not a curse word that I hear that makes my blood boil that when I hear God's name taken in vain. Yet, he's going to take this to a new level. In fact, in Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, we read this about the Antichrist. Now remember, Daniel had insight about the Antichrist. He will speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and intend to change the times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and a half. So we read about that fact. You can read about it even in Revelation, the words that he'll hurl at God himself, mocking God. You know, it's like what we saw happening to Jesus. You said you could save yourself and save others, or you said you could save others. You can't even save yourself. You said that you you could tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days. You know, you said, Jesus, you said all these things. Well, the Antichrist will use these words against the Most High. We read uh, in the Bible that he will die but come back to life. In fact, we read this in Revelation. John captures this. He says, and I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshiped the dragon and gave authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Notice what we just read is he's mortally wounded. He comes back from the dead. Worship is given to the dragon, Satan, and also to the beast. In fact, people say, who is like the beast? He controls the world's economy and will make you take the mark, the mark of the beast. 666. In fact, we read in Revelation chapter 13, verse 16 through 17. He causes all, both the great, both the small and the great, the rich and the poor, free and the slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. He's going to control the world economy by also making everyone take the mark on the hand or on the forehead. You know, we we don't know exactly uh, what it looks like, how it looks like. We've seen, even in today's technology, Uh, countries testing microchip implants. Um, We've seen uh, barcodes at, you know, in fact, we've even noticed that at restaurants lately that uh, they use different codes so that you can see the menu. We know that tattoos are fashionable. Uh, We know that things can be placed on our skin that um, have glowing tendons. You know, there's all of these different types, like an amusement park. When you leave it, it glows. We don't know what he's going to use, but let me tell you this. You do not want to take the mark of the beast thinking that I can buy and trade because taking the mark of the beast is giving allegiance to the Antichrist. And the person that takes the mark will not be able to accept Jesus as their Savior and go to heaven. They have given their lordship over to the beast. And he's going to require that of everybody. Now, uh, it's interesting some of the things that we bring up here, right? He's the son of Satan. He, uh, he's the son of Satan. He's gonna blaspheme God. He's gonna die and come back to life. He's gonna control the world economy. But let's look at something here just in, in a minute because remember, Satan is the master counterfeiter you know, you'll notice that if you go into a, a store and you hand them a $20 bill, many times they take out a special pin and they'll mark it across the bill uh, to determine whether or not that bill is counterfeit. Many other ones have a certain uh, UV light that can tell a description too. We'll notice that certain bills over the years have changed to have markings on it because everybody tries to counterfeit everything, money, uh, clothing, purses, wallets, belts, watches, everything is counterfeit. But Satan is the master counterfeiter. And as we started, he wants all worship. He wants still to be like God. He wants to be exalted. He wants to be somehow some creator. And yet it will never happen. And yet Jesus came and listened to this because let's look at Jesus for a minute here versus the antichrist. In fact, we know this that the antichrist will be wanted, loved, you know, praised for all that he's doing and not rejected. Jesus in John chapter one verse ten, in fact, mentioned that he was in the world. And the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Everybody's gonna know the Antichrist. The world did not know Jesus. The Antichrist will be very eye appealing. You know, we read about Satan himself being good looking. I believe the Antichrist will be very eye appealing. Some type of young ruler that everybody will look to, sharp, good looking. In fact, uh, very eye appealing, but here's what we read in Isaiah 53 that it was mentioned about Jesus even before and during and going to the cross. He had no special beauty or form to make us notice him. There was nothing in his appearance to make us desire him. That's out of the passage translation. There was no special beauty or form to make us notice him. He didn't come on the scene, and it's not recorded. It was a certain height, a look. Um, the Bible mentions that he didn't come in some form. In fact, we know this. Uh, King James that uses this, that his image or his visage was marred more than any other person. The Antichrist conquers by deceit, force, boastful promises, and manipulation. He's loud right? Manipulates loud, blasphemes against God. Isaiah 53, 7, about Jesus. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In fact, we know that Jesus said these words, my kingdom is not of this world. The Antichrist demands to be worshipped. But we know that the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. The Antichrist demands worship and that you take a mark and that you surrender your lordship to him, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, death on the cross. Now, in the end, the Antichrist will be destroyed and cast into the lake of fire. And we read this in Revelation chapter 17, verse 4. These will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords and king of kings, And those who are with him are called the chosen and the faithful. You know, as we see all of these differences, we see that Satan wants to exalt himself and he'll have his son, the Antichrist, who will exalt himself, good looking, taking control of this world, people praising him, people taking a mark for him. And Jesus was born in a manger, in fact, this one, these few verses that I want to close with today become so powerful to us in Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 19, that he is the image of the invisible God, Jesus, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And in all things that he may have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him, that all the fullness should dwell. In fact, the Apostle Paul picks it back up in Philippians chapter two, verse nine through 11. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and has given him a name which is above every name that at that name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on the earth, and all those, listen, under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Notice what it says, he's been given a name that is above every name. Every knee will bow to Jesus. Every person will confess and voice jesus is lord heaven earth or under the earth hell everyone will bow but that's the question bow now confess jesus now everybody will but it will be too late for the for many of those it's that opportunity now what a difference To see Jesus versus the Antichrist, to see Jesus humble himself, to live among us, to walk among people, to choose people, to to bring people along, to be blasphemed and mocked and beaten and, and crucified, but he rose again. And so the important thing for us to remember is that Jesus is our Lord and that we're following and we're searching and studying and be taught by him and that we're a follower of his teachings and his words. But if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, the most important prayer is confessing him as Lord. That's the start. That's the beginning. And notice what he's done. He's given you what's going to happen. He doesn't leave you unaware. He leaves you empowered. But pray this prayer if you would with me. And in fact, Mean it in your heart and believe it and say it with your mouth. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I confess and accept Jesus as my Lord and the Savior of my life. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin. And today I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. In fact, I so encourage you, if you prayed that for the first time, if you would take a minute and reach out to us like many people do, whether by the social media platform that you're viewing, uh, whether uh, by email or going to our website, you just made the greatest decision of your life and you're beginning your next steps with Jesus. He is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, I want to read this one verse. In fact, the Apostle Paul says this So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity. For God loves the what? The cheerful giver. Giving to God is giving back to what's already his. Giving to God is something that we can be cheerful about. We're giving into his work. And he's promised that he would respond with our blessings, right? He's our father. He supplies all of our need. Pray this with me if you would today. As I give in today's offering, I give because God first gave to me. I give today to honor the Lord as a cheerful giver. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to give online, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. Click on the Give button on the top right-hand screen. It's safe, fast, and secure. If you want to give by mail, you can write to us, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. Hey, and uh, this weekend of July 9th, 10th, and 11th, we have Vacation Bible School at the church. Hey, if you would love to be a part in donating as we're offering a free Vacation Bible School to our community and church, you know, kids were the ones that were impacted the most with lockdowns. This is a great opportunity for them to come with Bible teaching and worship. The creative gifts that are uh, uh, the creative board games and things for them to do and crafts to make, but they're all going to center around them understanding that they're wanted by God. And if you'd like to donate uh, as we reach out to do this, you could go to the website and then as you click on give, you'll see a drop down menu that mentions Kids VBS or you can give by mail. We appreciate uh, the support. Hey, stay tuned each and every week as we get back into these things we look at these end times? God did not want to leave us unaware. We're not helpless. We're aware. We're awake. We're watching things that are taking place. And we're going about the father's business, looking for those that need to hear about his son, Jesus, and following the voice of the Holy Spirit and doing what Jesus said to do before he comes back. We're praying for you. The Lord bless you. Have a great day. And we look forward to connecting with you soon. The Lord.